0: What's new? How is the world treating you? My name is Ed Peters, and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Matthew chapter 16, moving on to verses 27 and 28, the final verses of this chapter. In verse 27, Jesus tells us that at his second coming, all accounts will be settled, and at that time, everyone will receive their proper reward. Now, in verse 28, we have two possible interpretations. First, a prediction of the transfiguration, which happened a week later, and which demonstrated that Jesus will return in his Father's glory, as stated in verse 27. Then, second, It may refer to the day of Pentecost and to the rapid spread of the gospel described in the book of Acts. Mark 9 verse 1 heightens this interpretation. Mark writes that some of the disciples will not see death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. Perhaps a reference to the establishment and progress in the lifetime of some of those present present of the new kingdom of Christ, which was destined to work the greatest of all changes on this earth. Now, here are verses 27 and 28 of Matthew chapter 16, and they read, For I, the Son of Man, shall come with my angels in the glory of my Father, and judge each person according to his deeds. And some of you standing here right now will certainly live to see me coming in my kingdom.
1: Give thanks with a grateful heart Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ.
0: Now, here to bring us our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder.
2: Most religions have some peculiar emphasis that makes them unique. For Christianity, it's the coming of God in Christ, his death for sinners, and his return to life, his resurrection. But the uniqueness of Christianity includes the sequel to this emphasis, and that is that this same Christ who left this dimension will reenter it, he will return to our world. He will bring history to a conclusion, and he will usher in his own kingdom and finally eternity. Jesus himself said to his disciples that the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I'll tell you the truth, Jesus continued, Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. That's Matthew 16, 27 to 28. I want to recap for a moment what I've spoken about in the preceding several programs. This very familiar exchange between Peter and Jesus, which also involved the disciples, is crucial to our understanding of life with meaning. I'm focusing on Matthew's record in chapter 16, 21 to 28. For the first time, Jesus clearly predicts his suffering, death, and subsequent resurrection. He explains carefully and clearly to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, but that on the third day he will be raised to life. Peter evidently stopped listening before Jesus was finished. He missed the part of the resurrection. He actually rebuked Jesus with the words, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Peter did not want Jesus to have to go through the pain, suffering, and death. He wanted him to begin his political kingdom immediately. Knowingly or not... Peter's comment means that Jesus should bypass the cross and all that it stood for. What Peter wanted for Jesus, he also wanted for himself. He didn't want the pain, only immediate glory. That was selfish on his part. Jesus' reply was, Out of my sight, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. What Peter was suggesting was precisely what Satan had suggested earlier. Of course, Satan would not want Jesus to die in the place of sinful men so that they could be saved. To bypass the cross is satanic in origin. It was at this point that Jesus said to the disciples, If any man would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Here are three things Jesus mentions, expressed in the words deny himself, Take up his cross and follow me. Here's what Jesus said in my own words. Peter, you are far too selfish. You are far too self-centered to be an effective disciple. You are far too materialistic. You want the glory but not the pain that the Christian life of following Christ might require. Deny yourself. The immediate gains and glory and take up your cross, which is a sign of submission, and follow me. Furthermore, Jesus might have said, Peter, it's not worth it. You might gain the whole world, but if you fail to relate to me, you'll forfeit your own soul. And then there is no price that you can offer to buy it back. It seems to me that that's behind these words of Jesus. It is at this point that Jesus said, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. In my own words again, Jesus said, Peter, I will be leaving this space-time dimension for the presence of God after my suffering, death, and resurrection. But I will return, and then each one who has related to me on earth during his lifetime I will reward according to what he has done. And you, Peter, if you persist in your self-centeredness, if you insist on bypassing the cross, if you insist on immediate material gain and glory, you won't be there to collect any reward. And then Jesus makes a statement that has occasioned much discussion. He said, Some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the coming of the Son of Man in his kingdom. Something would happen while some of the disciples now standing there were still alive, after which they would die. Exactly what that is, we can't be certain. Perhaps Jesus was predicting that some of them would remain alive to see his crucifixion and resurrection. That would begin the mystery phase, the present form of his kingdom. That is not to be confused with the utopia or kingdom of peace, which Christ shall establish at such a future time that he returns. Obviously, none of the disciples would then be alive. These words recorded in Matthew introduce the greatest themes of Christianity, the suffering and the death of the Son of God and his resurrection and return. Without a clear understanding of those great saving events in the life of the Savior, Christianity could not be. But with them, Christianity is a distinctive, unique faith, which prepares humans to live here and assures them of life after this one.
1: Silver, although he was proclaimed the King of Jews, and in it were no emeralds or diamonds, for thorns were the only settings used. Why a king arrayed in such a manner See you later. Jesus won